You're listening to the Badass Birthers Podcast, your space for realistic, empowering stories and support to help you cut through the mommy marketing and Pinterest parent perfection to cultivate a bullshit-free bump life and beyond. I'm your host, Liz Winters. As a mom, doula, nutritionist, and trainer, I'm here to help you alleviate the stress, overwhelm, and hashtag mom guilt to create a pregnancy and postpartum experience you actually love. Skip the 3 a.m. Google search and social media scrolling and join us each week for evidence-based guidance, hopefully entertaining anecdotes, and badass birth stories to inspire you along the way. Please know the information shared on this podcast should not be considered medical advice. Please, please, please check in with your provider before implementing any changes. Hello all and welcome to another episode of the Badass Birthers Podcast. If you haven't noticed, today's episode is significantly longer than our normal content and that's because it's our monthly Badass Birthers story and I am so excited to welcome Meg onto the show today. She shares her very different pregnancy and birth experiences from an empowered and emotional hospital transfer to an unmedicated birth birth center birth. She shares the birth stories of her two kids, what made her feel supported, how she handled the unknowns in both scenarios with some very comical stories thrown in there, and what she hopes people will take away as they hear her stories. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I had such a great time sitting down with Meg and really listening to her share these beautiful births and really understanding that normal and empowered birth can look so many different ways. So without further ado, let's dive in. Meg, I'm so excited to have you here on the Badass Birthers podcast. This is just such a treat. Thank you for being here. Uh, I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. Will you, um, will you just introduce yourself a bit? Like I know you as this like incredible birth photographer in the Portland area. Like I stalk your account all the time. I'm like, I need these photos in my life. Can this be me? Um, but (laughs) we will make that happen. Um, but I would love to know just a little bit more about you. You know, have you been in Oregon forever? How did you become a birth photographer? And I know you have other things in the works as well. So tell me all about it. Well, I was born and bred in Seattle, so I am originally from the Pacific Northwest. And then when I was 20, I had that, you know, super corny, I hate my family, I'm going to move somewhere else phase. So mm. I rebelled and moved to Arizona. Oh, uh, that is a rebellion from Seattle God. for sure. <laughs> it is. Uh and then I regretted it because it's super hot there. But, so <laughs> my, my now uh, husband followed me down and then we stayed there for 10 years. And that's kind of where my photography started. I'd, I had always kind of been the camera bug with my family. Like they'd throw a disposable at me at family events and I'd just go to town. But I'd never thought of it as like, a oh, I could totally do this as a thing. And then when I was down in Arizona and, you know, the, what am I doing with my life? You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I guess I could make this a thing. And then I totally thought I was going to be the world's next best wedding photographer. Um, 
didn't think about the fact that I'm super introverted and I don't like large groups of people like that. So I did my first wedding was like, nope, <laughs> not for me. Uh, so then I just started like doing studio newborns and uh, maternity and all this. Um, I just kind of tried to like a little bit of everything. And I really enjoyed like the mamas and the babies, but it was studio and I'm, I'm you know, studio photography. It's so beautiful. I love looking at, at the photos. It's very hard. The mm. people who do it that are, do it well, they make it look so effortless. They are really good at it. Um, so me and my husband got married while we were down in Arizona. And then we had our first baby, who's Sadie. She's five now, five and a half, as she says. So we were in Arizona for about 10 years and we moved here to Portland about three years ago because we had had enough of the heat. Yeah. And all of our family is in Seattle and Wenatchee, which is like east of the mm -hmm. mountains from Seattle. So now we are close to our family, but we are not too close to our family. Right. Not like, close enough for like weekly random drop-ins, mm -hmm. but it's a lot easier for people to be like, hey, I want to come stay for a three-day weekend. And then you get to see the kids grow up. So yeah. Oh, that's such a nice balance. My family's also in that area, in the Seattle area. So um, I feel you on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I grew Amazing. Up, so I like to go, I like to, I'm like, Seattle's great for a visit. I wouldn't want to live here because it's crazy traffic and everything, but I like to go and just kind of jaunt around Pike Place and yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. So you have two kiddos. Um there we have a five year old and then a one year old or almost one year old? More than one year old. Just turned one year old. Just turned one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Happy birthing day to you. Yeah. <laughs> um and I would just love to hear more about your birth experiences and maybe we can kind of compare the two. Like, how are you feeling? What did you know about birth going into your experience with Sadie? Um, let's start there. Like, how are you feeling with that first birth experience? So before I got pregnant with Sadie, my next door neighbor in Phoenix was actually a birth doula and my best friend. So Whoa. she was like, you know, blah, 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 birth in my ear constantly all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You're super into these humans coming out. I got that. <laughs> um, and then actually right before Sadie was when I shot my first birth and it was her birth. Uh, she was having a home birth and she said, Meg, you know, do you want to come take pictures? And I was like, whoa, that's weird. Um, I've never taken pictures of something like that. And you just want me to like come over and do that? And she's like, yeah, totally. My first birth, uh, someone just like took some pictures on their phone. So I'm sure you can do better than that. And I'm like, sure. Right. That's a super low bar. I could totally meet that. I will definitely do better. than." <laughs> and I saw her and she was literally like, you know, a 30 second walk. And I thought that was my first home birth that I did. And I was like sobbing as it was happening. This is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Uh, so I just, that was like my little jaunt into, into birth was watching her have her home birth and then knowing she was a doula. So then when we finally got pregnant, you know, she was, she was um, a birth doula who really specializes in home birth. And okay. I was like, you know, I just, I don't know if that's for me. I just don't know if I want to be like home. I, you know, there's lots of people that are like, Hey, I just want to be in my own space. I was like, I don't want to be in, in my own space. <laughs> uh, and I was like, but I don't want to be at the hospital because she had sat me down and it was like, you know, the, 
you know when like parents have like the super scary like sex talk she had the like birth talk with me she goes listen you're gonna sit here and you're gonna watch the business of being born and you're gonna get educated and I was like okay so if you've never seen that it's a Ricky Lake documentary and she follows these couple of moms that are having like home births and then they're talking about you know like the the intervention rate in the hospital mm. and why these women chose home births and like that and I was like whoa I'm like this is like eye-opening you know I didn't know that all these things happened at the hospital so I was like okay well I don't want to be home and I don't want to be at the hospital the birth center that is the perfect middle ground for me mm -hmm. Like, it'll be good. Someone else is taking care of us, but I'm not, you know, not the hospital, but I'm not at home. So, so we chose a birth center and then we chose my best friend. She was going to be our birth doula. And then she also taught childbirth education. So we did a, um, a birth education class and it was so, uh, so valuable I think everybody who is pregnant, uh, especially the first timers, should take some form of childbirth education class that is not from the hospital because they do not cover everything usually um, that needs to be covered. And my birth doula was so, ed you know, she was so informative about, you know, the cascade of intervention and here are the different signs they're going to be looking for and, you know, when you're going in for a possible emergency C-section, here's what might be, here might be some of the symptoms or the things happening before then. Um, but it was definitely about like getting my mind into the right space. We did like the pain exercises, though holding an ice cube cannot compare to a contraction. <laughs> anyway, um, and she also did like one day where it was like pretty much about my husband as the partner because your labor partner is so important you know husband or not whoever you've decided to have support you you know they need to know what's going on and they need to be supported too so he found that like really valuable so we had a childbirth education class we were at the birth center i was like okay I know exactly what my birth plan is. I know exactly what decisions I'm going to be making. I've got this handled. 40 weeks came and went. I was like, okay, cool. Just, I guess I'm going to be one of those super long pregnant people. And I got to like th 40 weeks and three days. And I went to the bathroom at 3 a.m. And I was like, why am I still peeing? That's weird. Mm. So I had that like trickle that wouldn't go away. So we called the birth center. I'm like, hey, I think my water is breaking, but it's like super slow. I just kind of feel like I'm peeing. And then I felt like I was having like period contractions, which was super annoying because I hadn't had a period in 10 months. So I was like, right. Oh, did not need that reminder. That I don't miss these. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I wasn't having any contractions like nothing else mm. was happening just leaking fluid yeah just leaking so I went to the birth center um they tested to make sure it was amniotic fluid which is super cool they literally put the amniotic fluid on a side on a slide and then they look at it under a microscope and it's like this ferning thing so you can mm. tell amniotic by the way it ferns on the slide which I think is amazing lancy and cool uh and it was but it was still like my, there was no contractions. And then my blood pressure started going up and it wasn't coming down. Okay. And, you know, 
I laid down for a couple of hours and my blood pressure was still up, even though it was super mm. relaxed. And I'm like, you know, why don't you just go to the hospital and get checked out? Maybe they'll give you some Cervidil, um, mm-hmm. Cervidil which is like a, a cervix softening, ripening uh, medicine. So a kind of uh, induction, like a very early induction method. And they're like, and then maybe you can come back to the birth center. Now I know that was probably just a lie that they were telling me. Just like just wanted you to feel better. Yeah. (laughs) How did you go to the hospital transferring? You're not gonna probably come back. (laughs) How did you feel in that moment? Like being like, okay, I'm gonna go to the hospital now. Very frustrated. Um, Mm -hmm. really sad. I kind of felt like my body had failed me somehow. Like, Mm. you know, why didn't it know that it was okay to just start labor and right, you know was it, I was really confused why my blood pressure had gone up because it'd been fine, like the whole pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of, you know, I was like begrudgingly going to the hospital. Um, But that was also why we chose a birth center because the hospital was so close. So we knew if anything was going to go on, at least it was close by. So it wasn't like a super long drive. Um, The birth assistant came with us. We got to the hospital, you know, they were like, you know, we need to put you on some magnesium to help with your, with your blood pressure. We'll start the Cervidil. Um, so eventually we got to Pitocin, which was like the next, the next thing, because that's still like my, my labor still wasn't starting. So this was a Wednesday, a Wednesday morning that this happened. So I did the Cervidil and then the Pitocin, um, and then the Pitocin really kicked things into high gear. That's re- really got things going. And then, yeah. So what they don't tell you really is that Pitocin contractions are like feel way more intense than regular contractions. They're hard and they are rough. And I do not wish that on anyone really. Um, but it totally, Pitocin totally has a use when it is needed. And for that, I am grateful that it exists, but so I did Pitocin and then my labor got really, really started. And then I labored hard for like two days. So Friday evening, so this all started Wednesday morning, late Friday evening, um, I had finally gotten to 10 centimeters and my birth doula had been like in and out because it taken me two whole days to get here. I was finally at 10 centimeters and I was so, so tired. Oh, I can and only even imagine. I was complete. I couldn't, it didn't feel like transition. I, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was ready to push or do anything. And even though I had been wanting this all natural birth center birth, when I got to 10 centimeters and I was exhausted, I was like, I need this epidural and I need it now. Yeah. Uh, you need so that rest, right? Telling, yeah. So if somebody's telling you that you can't get an epidural past a certain amount of centimeters, that's a lie. You can tell totally shit. <laughs> You can get it whatever you want. So I was like, you know, I was like, they were like, are you sure? You know, uh, luckily, I totally forgot to mention this. My midwife from the birth center had privileges at the hospital. Oh. So she transferred with me and was my MD. Amazing. So that means that all this hospital staff that kept kind of, kind of like coming in and trying to, trying to like, you know, try to make me make some other decisions or try to like talk to me. I'm like, you talk to my midwife. And then she will talk to me, you know, she, I had like her full support that entire time. Um, so 
I was super tired, 10 centimeters. I know they all knew that I wanted as natural as I could. Are you sure you want the epidural? And I'm like, will it get me a 15 minute nap? That's all I wanted. <laughs> and it for sure did. I got my 15 minute nap and then realized that the epidural wasn't really working. <laughs> so like my husband, like playfully pinched me on the leg and I was like, ow. He goes, oh, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. He had like, you know, you know, the, the like almost 72 hours of being in labor with me, just like that, you know what, I'm going to pinch her because I think it's funny and maybe that'll get some of my like aggression out. <laughs> Brave person. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so it only like halfway worked. I think they call it like a walking epidural. Um, so I got my nap and then it was like, one o'clock on Saturday morning and my the the nurses and the whatever MD on call the like OB on call was like hey let's do some practice pushes and like it was like right at that moment a spotlight came through the ceiling my midwife walked through the door and she's like we're not practicing we're just gonna push this baby out and I've been like so like lethargic and Josh says my husband Josh he says it was like you sat right up and you were like yeah let's have this baby <laughs> um and then I pushed her out in three pushes and amazing was that? amazing <laughs> he was like I labored with you for three days and she walked in like a white knight and you thought she was just like the best thing ever <laughs> oh my gosh and she was out in three yeah what kind of positions did you did you labor in or birth in was there anything particular that you felt like most powerful in um let's see early on before they strapped me to an IV because of the magnesium and everything mm -hmm. um I really liked being in the shower in the um in the hospital room like just feeling like the water on my back mm -hmm. um and now that I've I've like heard about the different the no, I can't remember what the term of it is. I just had it the other day. Um, it's like purposeful pain while you're in labor can mm -hmm. actually help alleviate the labor pain cycle of something. Cannot remember. Um, so now I can look back and be like, oh, feeling the water all around, you know, on my body, like in the shower, that really, really helped. Um, so the birth assistant that came with us to the hospital was not the birth assistant that stayed with us and somebody else came. Her name was Frances. She was a very mousy person. I had never met her before, even being at the birth center and meeting so many people. And she was sitting in the corner of my room. And this is when my, my labor had not started yet, but she was just sitting there in, in the corner of my room. I was super annoyed she was there because I was mm -hmm. like, I don't even want to be here. Why are you here? And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden they had one contraction she leapt up from her chair onto the bed, jammed her tiny little fist into the back of, into the middle of my back and gave me some counter pressure. And I like, we're literally still Facebook friends to this day because I, I told her she was like my birthing hero. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> it was like this tiny person. I had no idea. I'm like, how, what, what was that? It was like a miracle. Uh, so counter pressure was amazing. I really liked that. And then the water, um, let's see. My uh, doula was like, hey, before they strap you to the IV, you just need to walk around the hospital. 
I wish my my husband had had like a Fitbit at that time because mm -hmm. I'd like to know exactly how many miles I walked around that uh, hospital all over the grounds and outside and uh, so walking really helped bring some contractions on but once they got the IVs and stuff I was just in bed so when I gave birth to her I was on my back because mm -hmm. the epidural sure yeah when you were administered Pitocin, did they have you on Pitocin for like basically from Wednesday on, or was it intermittent? Mm. Do, you, do you remember? Yeah, it was, it was pretty constant. They like mm -hmm. started out really low and then it just kind of got like bigger and bigger doses mm -hmm. and then they kind of took me off when I got to like a certain level. Your and body kind of took over. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and then you delivered this beautiful, beautiful baby. Yes. And I was amazing. I was like, you know, I just remember her coming out and just like feeling her little butt in my hands and being like, oh my God, your little butt fits in the palm of my hand. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And because How my wife was there, she, uh, she had gloves on that she kind of like pulled baby, you know, Sadie out and then handed him to Josh. So he was like, oh, I got to be literally like the first hands that touched her. So mm. he like loves that. Amazing. How did you feel in those, like those moments, those like very first moments postpartum? Like surreal. So surreal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, like you're actually, you actually exist. Like you're, I literally made you. That's like still blows my mind. I'm like, whenever I look at her, even as a five-year-old, I'm like, I literally grew you from like a cell. Like that, that just blows my mind about any baby. Like you were a tiny cell and then you like my body knew to like grew your body, like grow your body parts. Like how does that happen? <laughs> yes. I love it. One of my best friends, um, they just had their first baby and they described, um, pregnancy and birth as like the most metal thing a human can ever do. And it's, <laughs> it's totally true, right? Like bodies are so cool. We just know what to do. Um, who, who got to cut the cord? My husband. Um, and there's a, there's like an article where they're talking about the, you know, how people have innies and outies mm. and the article was talking about how they were like speculating that the way the cord is cut can help dictate whether or not you're, you are an innie or an outie. Interesting. Uh, so my daughter's like now in an outie. So my husband's like, well, that's because of the way I cut her cord. Like he's I did this. <laughs> Amazing. I can't remember like how long we were delayed, you know? Nowadays, it's super common to have delayed cord clamping. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something that I wanted, but now I'm like, I was just so caught up in the moment of her actually existing that I cannot remember how long it was yeah. before they actually cut the cord at the hospital. Amazing. What was it like to deliver the placenta? Did you guys get to see it? Because at the hospital, and it's a kind of a different experience than maybe a birth center. Uh, I don't remember it being shown to me. I don't mm -hmm. remember you know, I remember kind of pushing it out. My birth doula was still there and she was encapsulating it. So I know she was okay. like on the ball, like that yeah. needs to come to me. We got to mm -hmm. put it in the fridge. So I know she was like taking care of all of that, but yeah. Very cool. I Did was, you, oh, was going to say that I'm so grateful that my midwife was there because now that I can look back and see the cascade of intervention that was happening to me, if I had not had a midwife like supporting me and advocating for me, I am sure that I would have been right into a C-section, which 
um, C-sections are totally beautiful. It just wasn't what I wanted for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I had someone there advocating for what I wanted and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, it sounds like, I mean, your labor was from Wednesday and then Sadie was born Saturday morning and your, yeah. your water had broken Wednesday. So typically a lot of hospitals will put that like 24 hour clock on you. Right. And like, I think the one I was at was like a 16 hour clock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is a really short clock, especially it's a really short clock. Because, uh, even when you're induced as like a first time parent, it can take mm-hmm. a couple of days for that labor to like kick in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like your body's are trying to figure out what is going on and baby has to be in the right position. There are mm-hmm. so many things that have to be in place. So many factors. Yeah. My, uh, one of my friends described it uh, when you're like trying to induce and the body isn't ready, they said it was like knocking on a steel door. And I was like, that's mm. a really good analogy and metaphor yeah. for it. Like, <laughs> Totally. Totally. So a few years go by mm-hmm. and you all get pregnant again. Yes. Yes. Uh, hesitantly. <laughs> hesitantly. Been Josh, there. Josh and Sadie were definitely like baby number two, let's do this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you not just experience this child while I did? Uh, right. Really, really spirited. So it's like having mm-hmm. five kids in one. <laughs> yeah. So how did you feel going into that that next pregnancy? Uh, like I said, just like super hesitant. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm like, this better be a smooth freaking pregnancy because I'm going to be so pissed if it's not. And <laughs> um, so, but because I had already had that, that hospital transfer, I was like really doubting my body's ability to birth Mm. the way that I wanted it to. So I was, um, I am super, you know, I like to say that I'm like a joyful, whatever person in all honesty, I am like a glass half (laughs) empty. Uh, my husband (laughs) would say that I like to shatter the glass on the floor and I'm just like stepping on all the glassy pieces. Um, I like to catastrophize a lot. So I went straight to, you know what, I'm probably going to have a hospital transfer. So I might as well find some sort of option that is hospital ish, because that's just where I'm going to end up anyway. Mm. My husband's like, I think you're like really jumping the gun. You know, you don't have a high risk pregnancy. The only thing that's high risk about me that I haven't said out loud to everybody is that I'm plus size. So, uh, it's pretty stereotypical that most providers will look at a plus size pregnancy and you're immediately high risk. You're probably going to get gestational diabetes. You're going to have a hard time pushing your baby out, you know? Uh, And it's like all these labels for, for plus size uh, birthing persons and they don't need to be there. We can have just as healthy a pregnancy as anybody else. In fact, I've seen, uh, other birthing persons that I've known who've been pregnant that have seemed like they've had way healthier bodies than mine have it much rougher. Mm-hmm. You know, it can every every pregnancy outcome can happen to anybody. Yep. So I was like, well, I'm already high risk because I'm plus size and I'm probably gonna end up at the hospital. But my husband just kept kept like kind of poking me, you know, verbally like, hey, well let's is it going to hurt for us to check out all the options? And I'm like, no. He goes, is there a birth center that you want to look at? And I'm like, maybe. Because I had just shot a birth at, at one of the Portland birth centers. And I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful here. Um, I had shot a birth at a Alma midwifery. 
and their entire building is just like it's I'm like it's like an Airbnb it's like literally I just want to live there (laughs) (laughs) I just want to stay here for the weekend um so it was like well they do have really nice birth centers and I know I really love midwives but I'm like fine we'll go we'll do a tour and we'll talk to them but as soon as I tell them my first birth story they're probably going to tell me that I need to be at a hospital I was like 100% for sure thought that this is what I was going to be told. And so I ended up at a Andalus water birth center, which I really loved Alma, but Andalus was like five minutes closer. There you go. Second baby. And you're like, "Mm, am I going to want that extra five minutes just in case? Mm -hmm. Most likely. (laughs) But can we go, can we go back when you did that tour and that interview and you told them about your first birth? Mm-hmm. do you remember what they had said to you so, so we went to Andalus and we did the tour mm-hmm. and we were with um Marilyn who's one of the midwives there and I was just talking about my my first birth and my first pregnancy and I'm like all these things happened and she just had like the most non-plus look on her face like okay you're giving me a bunch of information none of this is sounding like scary it wasn't a red flag for her Mm-hmm. You know, she was like, oh, well, you know, that, you know, sometimes blood pressure can be crazy. Um, right off the bat, she gave me, she goes, hey, we've had, a, we had another mom who had blood pressure concerns. She started taking this homeopathic medicine every single day. And that really helped her. Maybe that would really help you. And, you know, just because your blood pressure was weird during your first birth doesn't mean it's going to happen for this one. That's kind of like a, you know. Yeah it's not like a, a genetic or a, something that's going to be passed down from like birth to birth. So she was just so calm and relaxed about it that mm-hmm. I just felt so at home there. I felt relaxed with her and I was like, oh, well, if she's not freaking out, then I shouldn't be freaking out. I'm like, okay, I guess I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I can do this. Um, and that's how we kind of like left the meeting. And I was like, well, to, to my husband, did you like it there? He's like, yeah, I really did. My, uh, even though we were in the middle of pandemic times and mm-hmm. uh, vaccinations were not even in sight yet, you know, they, my daughter was still able to come masked, of course, but she was still able to come and kind of like tour the birth center with us and uh, bribe and con the midwives into giving her all sorts of treats while we were there. <laughs> ever <laughs> and then she saw the big tubs and she's a water baby and she goes oh are we gonna swim in there and I'm like well I'd like to swim in there I don't think <laughs> you're going to be doing any swimming um tell us more about that birthing experience at Andalus so I had a very non uh kind of like a not like a boring pregnancy but it was really pretty standard you know the first trimester sickness um and then after that you know just the whole time couldn't smell meat just like all the like corny (laughs) typical things and then I was taking like my blood pressure stuff every single day and some magnesium just kind of like really trying to make sure that my body was like in that space to like not to like not freak out um I did develop some prenatal anxiety which was not unexpected because of the times that we were being pregnant mm-hmm. in. So 
was feeling like some anxiety. There was one night where I had a panic attack and called my midwife and she was like, did your water break? And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm going to die. And she's like, what? <laughs> I'm just like, I, I'm having like a heart attack. And, I'm just, and she goes, oh, this is a panic attack. <laughs> like gave me all the steps to like calm mm-hmm. down. That was like the first time I'd ever had like an actual panic attack. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was starting to feel a little bit more stressful. And then at 37 weeks, I went in for my normal appointment and I had had like a little bit of a headache, just Mm. like a really annoying one until we got to that appointment. And they were like, well, that's kind of weird. Let's test your urine, see what's going on. I had a little bit of protein in my ear and they're like, "Mm, let's take your blood and send it off to the lab just to make sure, you know, because if you're starting to be preeclamptic, we want to make sure we know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then I came, I, you know, they're like, well, let come in tomorrow and we'll, we'll do it again. And we'll talk about your results and just see where we go from there. Like they were super calm about it. And I came home and I was like, I just, I don't know what I should be feeling right now. And then they called that that night because they had gotten the labs back very quickly. And they were like, Hey, you're like right on the border. We'll talk about it in the morning and I just lost it. I was just yeah. crying. I was like, I can't believe my body's doing this to me again. And mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the hospital. And we like quickly had to, you know, find somewhere for my daughter to be so that we could go to the hospital. Um, so we went in the next day. My daughter was at our best friend's house who we're going to be watching her during the birth anyway. Um, so we went and they were like, Hey, this is what your, your lab showed. And, you know, just go to the hospital, just have them check you out, which, you know, being told that again, I was like, okay, I'm not coming back. You know, me and my husband brought all of our bags. So I'm like, okay, I know that when a midwife says that, that I'm going to the hospital and I'm not coming back out. I'm just probably going to be coming home with a baby like three weeks early. Uh, so we got to the hospital and I was in like the largest hospital room I have ever been in in my life. My husband and I could have run like laps in there. It was crazy. <laughs> was like, wow, these hospital rooms are like really nice. The staff was super kind to me. They just kind of like ran my, my labs and they were like, do you want some lunch? You know, go ahead and order. So we're like ordering food and they come back and they're like, there's like nothing in your labs. You're fine. Like, they're like, your, your, your headaches. She's like, have you had anything to drink? And I'm like, well, like a little bit. She goes, oh, you need to get hydrated. Oh so my they gosh. Just hydrated me. And then I got home and like took some power aid and I was fine. But they were like, yeah, there's nothing in your blood. You're totally fine. I'm like, oh, at that point they wheeled in our lunch and they're like, but you could totally stay and like eat your lunch and then you can go home. We're like, okay. So me and my husband had our sandwiches and we took a picture and we just call it like our most expensive date ever. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Hospital bill. Um, so then they sent us home and we were fine. And sure enough, my, my midwives at the birth center found out that the, the hospital that they had sent the labs to had like marked it wrong in my chart. My numbers weren't crazy and I was totally fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like all that like fear and trauma from like your previous experience, Mm -hmm. which, you know, had a wonderful ending, right? Like you have this amazing baby, but doesn't detract from the fact that it was not the birth experience that you were hoping for. Mm -hmm. And then to have that 
come up again all and then just be like nope you're totally kidding like well that's kind of funny so then we just like it was like every week after that something new would happen so the next week after that I got this phone call from the hospital administrator where we had been at for three hours literally that's it you're only there for like three hours she called she goes hey I need for you to call me back there's something going on and we just really need to talk to you about it. And I'm like, well, that's weird and cryptic. So I talked to my midwife. I was like, I'd like texted her. I'm like, Hey, the hospital just called and left me a weird voicemail. And she's like, yeah, you need to call them back. They called us too. And I'm like, Oh, this sounds foreboding and weird. So I called her back. She goes, Hey, so we test your blood for a lot of things when you get admitted. And, um, there's this outbreak that's happening in Portland right now, not the outbreak you're thinking of. And she goes, so you tested negative for syphilis, but positive for syphilis antibodies. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Are you serious? She goes, yes. So we're going to need to take your blood again. And if you do indeed have syphilis, we're going to have to let the CDC know. So now I'm like thinking, I'm like, okay, so am I going to be like having my baby and like these guys in hazmat suits are just going to like show up and be like, no, this one's got syphilis, but just antibodies. Uh, so they took my, my, my blood again. And then it was like, no, yeah, it was just a false positive. You're fine. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening in this world? <laughs> Like in my poor, my poor birth doula, because I, I hired another, another, I hired another birth doula this time around because I knew the first time around how supportive and helpful it was during birth and that the birth doula also helped support the partner. And I knew my husband was going to need some support. So my poor birth doula, she, we just run her through the rainer. She was just, I was like, every two seconds, it felt like the, we're at the hospital. No, nope, back home. Now I got syphilis. Don't know what's going on. And then we got this. And she was just like, <laughs> I'm like, I thought for sure. I'm like, you know what? My birth doula and the birth center must be like so anxious for me to go into labor and have this baby so that they can be done with all of this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so then I turned out to not have syphilis and then it was, and then it was just like 40 weeks came and I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's what I did with my first one. And then 41 weeks came and nothing. And I'm like, Hmm, so we're super comfy in there. Okay. I heard that second babies like to come a little bit sooner. Apparently not. Well, but then again, Sadie, I had to be induced with her. So who knows how long I would have gone with her if that whole blood pressure thing hadn't happened. So it's like 41 weeks. And then my midwives are like, okay, we need to have the talk, you know, in the state of of, of Oregon, you were, you know, we cannot be your midwives past 42 weeks. So what are some some things you would like to do? It's, you know, is what is your goal? Like they were always wanting to know, you know, what is your goal? What are you wanting to happen? Are you wanting to do whatever you need to do to make sure that this baby is coming before 42 weeks? You know, do you want to just wait and see what your body is going to do? You know, it was like that. Here's the different routes we can take, but we want to make sure that you know you are in control of this car. Like you are the one making all of these decisions. 
which I really appreciate about midwives and definitely informed consent. Uh, yeah, it's such a refreshing I perspective. Mm-hmm. Refreshing perspective from the hospital that would be like, this is what we're going to do. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Though having the birth, the childbirth education class before I was in the hospital was so super helpful because I knew the things that they were going to be doing and why, you know, so I wasn't just fresh faced, no knowledge whatsoever. And then being like, oh, we're going to be doing this. And maybe like, okay, you do like whatever you want. Like I knew each decision that was being made, which was also very empowering knowing that I was still in control at the hospital. So it's like 41 weeks and a couple of days. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just strip my, my, my membranes. I'm like, I'm cool with it. Let's just like see where we're at and what we're doing. That one didn't really do much of anything. I'm like, okay. So we got to 41 weeks and five days. So I was two days away from my like hospital cutoff. <laughs> I'm like, after all of this, being in the hospital for a day, the syphilis thing, just all of this. I'm like, now I'm like still the potentially needing to be at the hospital. <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride. So we got to like 41 plus five and they're like, okay, you know, here's a couple of different options, but you're going to come. So it would be Sunday morning. Sunday would have been the day that we would have had to go to the hospital. So, the, so this was Friday. And they're like, you know what? Go home, have some dinner because babies like to be born in the middle of the night. You're going to come Friday evening after dinner. And we're just, you're not going to leave this birth center till you have a baby <laughs> because they know that I they love can't that. take anybody out of the birth center if they're in labor. So if they could just get me in labor, it didn't matter if it was Sunday, if I was already in labor, you can't transfer me. So like, let's just do this. We're just, we're just going to do it. We're going to do whatever we need to do to make it happen. And I was like, okay. So I drank some castor oil, which is the most foul liquid on this planet. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that's like in the, you need to kickstart labor. Like that's kind of one of the last resort, like oh natural ways mm-hmm. to kickstart labor. Like don't, if you're listening to this, don't just like be like, yeah, oh, I'm no, 40 weeks no, pregnant, no, no. slam some castor. You don't know. You don't yeah. want to go that route unless you have you to. You need a medical professional to recommend it to you. <laughs> last ditch effort, please. There are some side effects that are not fun <laughs> at all. Um, because yeah, I had been doing everything else. I've been doing some nipple stimulation and pumping. I've been bouncing on the ball. We've been taking walks. You know, uh, it's kind of hard for me to do like spinning baby stuff. So that wasn't part of something that, that we did. But all the other things, I'm like up and downstairs. Um, whatever I could. And I would have like some early, like some pre-labor contractions, but then they'd always stop. So it was mm. like, this, like this baby just needed like really. <laughs> you just made a really cozy home. Seriously. Like I was, my, my friend was like, wow, you have like the most relaxing womb. And I'm like, yeah, it's my weird flex right now. <laughs> Baby's just like, you grew this whole new organ for me. So I think I'm just going to hang out here with it. It's fine. We're, we're besties. We're like holding hands. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Friday morning, we were running errands, like grabbing some last minute snacks for the birth center and dropping my daughter off at our friend's house, knowing that we were going to go to the birth center and we weren't coming back without a baby. So we like dropped her off and like all day I was in like this sort of like reclining position in the car in the passenger seat. And I'd been having like 
some contractions all day long like that position whatever like not completely on my back just kind of semi-reclined just like really hit this like sweet spot apparently and I was like okay just kind of like annoyed I'm like nah, these are these aren't fun but whatever got the castor oil uh they made some tincture for me too which is also a foul liquid but you know they are tinctures are wonderful and it is amazing that midwives and doulas and other medicinal people can make them they can do so many things but it's like kombucha i'm just not into the taste <laughs> i'm probably like the only birth worker in portland who hates kombucha I was gonna say I was like oh I'm into kombucha but I hate the taste of tinctures I'm like but they're so magical they're they so magical. magical and a good it's a good thing that you only have to drink them like so quickly uh, but if you're into tinctures then you are you cool good for you <laughs> um so I kind of like took that it was like after dinner time we got to the birth center and took like my last few doses and another tincture and still pretty slow we like turned on some music because you know we had our bluetooth speakers and um uncomfortableness happened in the bathroom because of the castor oil um and i was just like oh goodness is this just gonna, gonna be all night like it's just gonna be like an all-night thing still very early labor excuse me like not labor was not consistent at at all but we knew that when when i got there uh what's funny is when we arrived in the afternoon to pick up the tincture from the midwives there was another uh another family coming in for labor and she was obviously in labor she was like was like she was singing her birth song already like out on the on the porch waiting for them to like open up the door and i'm like why is she in labor already and i'm not i was like jealous <laughs> um, so we came back still very early labor just kind of like chilling and then they had like this super cool it wasn't like a rocking chair but it was like a loungy chair but it had that like same declining like reclining position and then my, my, my contraction started like up again. So I don't know what it, what it was about that position that just like my cervix and my pelvis like really liked. Um, so it was kind of like getting a little bit, it was getting more steady and my midwives were like, you know what? I think you'd be more comfortable in your own bed, just kind of like letting things really happen. They were like, so why don't you go home and get some sleep and some rest and then she's like joking. She's like, I'm sure you'll be calling me at like three o'clock in the morning to come back in. So we left at like 1130. So we've been there for about four hours with not being super consistent, but they were starting to feel a little bit more consistent. Still early labor. We got home. My bedroom's all the way up on the second on the second floor. I literally climbed up the stairs. I opened the door to the bedroom and my water just breaks. <laughs> no slow trickle this time. No, it was gush. It was like movie gush. Like I was like, amazing. Oh, oh, I'm like, that will, that, that, that's cool. That'll do. So I go in the bathroom and I'm like sitting down on the toilet and stuff is coming out. And I like wipe and I'm like, I think that's my mucus plug too. And I was like, 
Yuka's plug, bloody show was like all happened at like the same exact Amazing. time. I was like, oh, this is happening. It was like a, it was such a relief to see it, to know that my body was doing the things by itself. Yeah. You know, it just needed like a little, a little bit of, of a push from like the castor oil and everything. And I was like, oh, like my body does know how to do it by itself on my own. I can totally do this. And then like, I try to like get up. I'm like, okay, time for me to put on like some, some adult diapers, which I'm totally into for birth and postpartum. If you do not have adult diapers on your list, put them on now. Uh, the silhouette depends are the ones that feel the most like underwear, lots of experience. They're wonderful. (laughs) It's so funny. I had never thought to use like depends or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, until like this last, my last birthing experience, like it just never, I was always like buying these like massive pads and then getting frustrated. Cause they like never stay in place and like, Oh, the worst depends. So smart. Yeah. So mm-hmm. smart. Depends. And then have your like doula or somebody, or you can even do it with somebody make the padsicles. Oh yeah. Ahead of time. And then, Oh, magic adult diapers and padsicles winning combination. I've had many a people tell me they were going to divorce their, their spouses and marry me because I made them for them. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm in the bathroom. I go to go put on my adult diaper and I like stand up and I'm like, nope, still going. And it was like, <laughs> I think I changed the diaper like three times while I was wow. it just kept like gushing out. Like, yeah. and I'm like, okay, so we're starting, you know, I'm going to go to bed. And then that's when the contractions really hit. The minute my head mm. hit the pillow, I was screaming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That intensity from like water breaking that will often like mm-hmm. really, really ramp things up. Yep. So my husband's like on the phone with my doula. He's like, I think she's going to want to go back to the birth center. I did not last long. Like, so that was like 1130 when we headed home, we got back to the birth center at like 130. Oh my so gosh, we, so we live like 30 minutes away. So you know, we drove home, had all of that happen. Dro- he like called my midwife. He's like, sorry, I know we just left. Can you get the birth tub set up so it's ready for when we get there? Because I just wanted to get into the tub. Yeah. I was so excited about being in that tub because I don't know if you've heard this, but some people call it like the midwife's epidural. Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. So we're in the car. I am singing my birth song, you know, Let's see. They I love me. that phrase. I've never heard that before. That's just such a lovely way to put it. <laughs> For the yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all the low yeah. tones and everything. Yeah, singing your birth song. Um, so when I left the birth center, she had like briefly checked me and she goes, Oh, you're like at about a three. So, you know. I mean, and some people can sit at threes for like weeks, so I could have been three mm-hmm. for a while. Um so we drive, I'm seeing my birth on like the whole way there. We get to the birth center and I'm like walking up and I'm like clutching the like banister on their oh like, uh, like ramp to get into the birth center. And my midwife meets me and I scream at her. I'm like, he's going to split me in two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 1.30 in the morning. Uh, the birth center is surrounded by apartments and I'm like so I'm sure the people in the apartments really wanted somebody yelling that at 1 30 in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> and she just like calmly looks at me and she goes I promise you he's not <laughs> <laughs> so we get in there I'm like stripping off my clothes as I'm walking practically and I get like straight into the tub 
and it is just it is not calming i am i'm just like oh this was supposed to feel like the midwife's epidural why isn't this calming me and she checks me she goes well that's because you're already in an eight so you're like in transit in it and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I thought I was going to have like this active labor, you know, jaunt where I could be in the pool for, you know, in the tub for a really long time and it feel good. And I was just already and I'm like, well, what about the nitrous oxide? <laughs> she goes, yeah, you're too far gone. I'm like, man. <laughs> and then my husband was disappointed because he wanted to take a hit of the nitrous oxide too when the midwives were looking. <laughs> Uh, so I was at eight and my birth doula came there as shortly afterwards. It was just, it was kind of, it was kind of weird because I felt like there were a lot of midwives in the room knowing how close mm. I was. And they, I just, I kind of did feel like everyone was staring at me. Sure. Um, so you said, and I, and I am a birth photographer. Um, I did not hire my own birth photographer because I, you know, I chose to have like a maternity and a fresh 48 because I really wanted pictures of my daughter meeting her little brother for the very first time. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I'll bring my own camera. It'll be fine. I'll take some pictures of myself in labor. My, my husband knows how to use my camera. It'll be fine. I'm like, you know what, I'll just hand it to my doula who has never handled a camera before. I don't know why <laughs> I thought that was a good idea in my brain with my professional camera. So I'm like, you know, in the throw, she gets there. I'm like in, in, in between two transition contractions. I'm like, okay, Hey, um, you're going to press this button. And then you're going to see this little thing <laughs> and you're going to want to make sure that that piece focuses on my eyes. Cause that's just going to make sure that everything on me is in focus. I literally gave her a lesson and then oh my like, gosh. Contraction hit. <laughs> she's like, okay. Um, so there, whatever. And I just remember, so the birth center has canned lights above the, above the tub. And I just remember seeing my birth on, I'm doing those low tones uh, as loud as I can. And I'm looking up and I looked at the canned lights and I'm like, you know what? I thought that that's like around 10 centimeters. I was like trying to figure out like visually yeah. why it's 10 centimeters because I am not a meditative person. Mm-hmm. So that whole like envision this and, you know, sure. soft, yummy, blah, 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 that does not work with me. So physically seeing something um, really, really, really got me there. And then we were oh, all- Oh, I love that. We got out of the tub and they were like, well, let's try like a different position you know, let's try some different things. I, so I sat on the, the toilet backwards for a little while. And then I kind of came back out. I was like, I don't want to stay there. And then they're like, well, let's get out the birth stool. Well, I tried to be on, oh, wait a minute. We went to the bed and I did some sideline. I really didn't like that. Uh, and most people don't like sideline because it really does get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> like get, no, I don't like too much, too much. <laughs> it's really efficient. <laughs> um, so they're like, well, let's sit on the birth stool. Um, and my husband had said the entire pregnancy, I want to catch this baby. The midwives were super, yeah, you can totally catch this baby. And, but he was like behind me while I was sitting on the birth stool and they're like, Hey, it's time to start. I think you're ready to start pushing. Cause you're, you're feeling like it. I was telling them I'm feeling the pressure and they were like, Josh, do you want to get down here? And he was like on me and I was like clutched to him. I'm like, no, no, you need to stay like right there. I don't want yeah. you to. Um, and 
and he came out he had a little bit of sticky shoulders so we had a little mm-hmm. bit of a some blue and he needed some oxygen for a hot minute but he like was finally out and then like you know my husband is of course seeing this I'm a birth photographer so I've seen some sticky shoulders you know it's yeah. not real my husband did not know that this was a thing that could happen so he's just sitting there freaking out and I, I'm and I'm just in there with the baby on my chest like hey I did it like he's here like <laughs> everyone's focused on making sure he has oxygen and everything and I'm just like hey guys I had this baby <laughs> it's that post-birth bliss is so <laughs> yeah. magical you're like look what I just did like that oxytocin rush uh-huh. right after. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon that happens. Cause you're like, I all of a sudden don't hurt anymore. And the last, you know, three days don't matter. I'm just like, yeah, this is great. Okay, cool. Why is everyone freaking out? Oh, <laughs> we're high off our own oxytocin right now. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I do love sobbing because she's also my friend and she's so happy to see this baby. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we just kind of like chilled and, you know, it's the birth center. So sat there, they made me a smoothie, which is like the best smoothie I've ever tasted in my life. I am sure it probably, probably a standard smoothie, but you know, that first thing you get to have after you give birth just tastes like, it's like they put liquid gold in there. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's like the best thing you'll ever eat in your life. My parents brought me after our first birth, all the restaurants were closed around where we were. The hot, the hospital kitchen was closed because she was middle of the night baby and my parents brought me the only thing that was open, which was Jack in the box. And it was like a teriyaki chicken bowl. And I like, to this day, I was like, that is the best meal I've ever had in my life. <laughs> um, Greatest thing. So then you're at the birth center and then they have, you know, postpartum doulas and assistants, and mm-hmm. you just kind of like lay there and get to like relax with your baby and, you know, learn how to do the breastfeeding and just rest. And before you have to go home and they're like, Hey, let's make some meals for you so oh yes yeah see like being very cool they make you meals uh yeah so we had him at uh Gideon was 5 15 in the morning and we stayed through dinner time um just kind of like relaxed all day together I took this big they like Mm. they drew me another bath and put some sits herbs in there so me and the Uh. baby got to take like a relaxing sits bath afterwards and that's also magical so if you're going to be at a birth center or even like at home in the days after you have your baby you can totally draw a sits bath in your own tub and just like so relaxing and all those herbs in there that are helping your body heal so much quicker yeah no I love that love Mm -hmm. love love that we've laughed about a lot of parts of these, but I imagine in the moment you may have not been laughing. I'm thinking like the, the protein in the urine and then the syphilis scare. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's, it's hilarious now because you have like that time and space and perspective, but how did you process those things in the moment? How did you, how did you get through those kind of hurdles? Having my husband being my, my, not just like my labor partner, he's like my whole pregnancy partner. So knowing that I wasn't making those decisions alone or going through those things alone were like super helpful. And it was really hard because I had that newly prenatal anxiety and, you know, the beginnings of what I didn't know was going to be postpartum depression. And, but just like, okay, one step at a time, I already, you know, 
informed consent just informed everything. I already know why this is happening with my body. What are my options? You know, if we make this decision, it's going to go this way. If we make this decision, it's going to go that way. So just, you know, being, uh, I'm super, I'm a super planner. I like writing down lists and everything. So just like having all of that out um, laid before me was very helpful. And then one night after we went to the hospital for the protein in the urine, me and my husband sat down together and we lit a candle and had some music and just kind of like dim the lights. And we both had two pieces of paper. And on one, we wrote all the things that we were scared about. And then mm. all the things that we were looking forward to, you know, after like post-birth in, in, in our postpartum. And we, we read all the things that we were scared about to each other and kind of like mm. validated each other's feelings and then, you know, gave some encouraging words like, okay, I understand that you are feeling this. Here's how we can make that not happen. Or here's what we can do about that. And then we burned those in the candle. And then we we read all the things we were excited about. And then we put those in a jar and they're sitting um, on a shelf in my, in my son's room right now. Just what we were so excited about. (laughs) That's such an incredible, I'm like legitimately tearing up over here. That is like, what a magical way to connect with your partner and embrace like the many unknowns. And I love the validation. And also it, it seems like a good exercise and I think one of the the hardest things about birth is like, there are so many things that are both within our control and out of our control. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we have to know the difference. And so being able to talk about those fears and those things that we're really concerned about and decide like, is this something we can control? We can do anything about great. If not, okay. Like we'll make decisions based on like whatever happens, but that's, that's just, that's really, really amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about those, you know, oxytocin baths in the couple of weeks before pregnancy, Uh like, you know, having those moments where you're connecting with other people kind of like helps you emotionally, you know, and mentally get ready for the marathon of birth. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about your birth stories? Well, So with my first one, whenever I tell it to people, they fully expect me to feel traumatized Mm -hmm. that my birth plan was just like ripped away from me, completely opposite of what I wanted, but I actually feel 100% okay about it. My daughter is a fiercely independent creature and she just had a very different idea of how she wanted her birth to look like. So I, you know, there's two people involved in this. I felt very in control of all the the decisions that I was making. Mm -hmm. And so I am like 100% okay with that. I am not traumatized. Um, With my second one, I felt so empowered by the fact that, you know, I wasn't a red flag, you know, and these people believed in me and were so encouraging. And my husband believed in me and my birth doula. I had like a whole team, you know, a whole family of people that were like cheering me on. Um, and I just, I so enjoyed the natural birth that I had. I'm still a little bit traumatized, but I feel more traumatized by his birth, um, ironically, just because, um, now that, you know, my doula was taking pictures the whole time. So now I can like, look back and see like how blue he was when he came Mm. out, even though I was in that like 
birth high. Right. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I should have thought that was more scary than I thought it, it right. was. He's totally fine. You know, mm-hmm. nothing bad happened after that. He does. There's like no birth trauma to his body, but just mm-hmm. seeing that being like the, oh, it's like a little bit of the mom guilt that I, I feel like maybe sure. I should have been more concerned, but I wasn't. Uh, so that's like a little something that like me and my husband kind of like need to work through a little bit yeah. together, which is, but yeah. It's like you had the intuition that he was fine and lots of babies for those that are maybe having birth soon, like lots of babies need assistance, breathing postpartum mm-hmm. and, um, and, and like those immediate minutes. Midwives them. know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why they have like, you know, oxygen chains and all these other mm-hmm. different things at the birth center because they, it is common. It's not yeah. uncommon. So yeah, they typically will have the exact same things that you would have at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. They are trained. They are medical professionals. Yes. But I understand how scary that is. My, my son also had to get breaths and <laughs> that was like, I, and, but had the oxytocin. I was like, I can see this happening. I'm like, Oh, okay. And like looking now, like out of that oxytocin, I was like, that's terrifying. But in the moment it it wasn't it really because... wasn't. She was like, she she was like, Hey, I'm going to need to give him mouth to mouth. Is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Go do what you want to got to do. Like, I'm like right. yeah. I almost wonder if it's like a, um, primal instinct, like you need to be clear headed. Right. So like if we're clouded by fear or stress in those moments, like it's not, we aren't being able to make decisions. Like you were able to be like, yes, this is fine. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Because we have that, like, that again, that oxytocin, it kind of helps that's, us be like that's more true, decisive. You know, how are they going to, you know, deal with the, you know, the baby and then like a, an irrational, you know, freaking yeah. out birthing person. Just like- yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So given these two, like very different experiences, how has this like shaped your view of birth and your, your view of working in the birth world? I imagine that it's had some impact on that. It does. Um, I feel like I'm really able to walk the line and feel really comfortable in both settings as a birth worker. In, um, you know, I'd, I've been on both the hospital and the holistic side, and I can see there's, def- there's benefits to both of them. You know, there's just some, some people are just more destined for a hospital birth because their bodies just need some extra assistance, and that's totally okay and normal. And then there are some people that just want to, you know, just want a home birth and, you know, all natural. So I feel really comfortable in both places and I feel really comfortable, you know, supporting and helping, you know, explaining the different procedures and the different processes of what's going into each thing. Mm. And I'm very, very much an advocate for, have you signed up for your childbirth education class yet? (laughs) Yes, that was smart. Education class, because <laughs> uh, like the the hardest thing it is for me as a birth worker to hear is somebody telling me, "No, I think I'm just gonna like let my body go and just like do what it what it's gonna do, and I'll just like I'll make decisions a- as they come." <laughs> and I'm like, "But it happens so fast. There there isn't time, and logically, right. you're you know, it's gonna be hard to make those decisions." So. Well, can you imagine the amount of like stress and fear, like going through, like, right. Like you had a lot of things thrown at you in your first pregnancy. If you hadn't had any understanding of what was going on, Mm -hmm. like how much scarier those might have been. And intimidating, like so Mm -hmm. intimidating, uh, 
you know, you don't want to feel intimidated when you should be feeling powerful and in control yeah. instead, which, you know, it, that's like the, the greatest thing is when I can look back at the birth photos that I take for other people and just see how in control and powerful they look. That's just like the, I just like get chills whenever I like edit. I'm like, oh. Did you do another round of childbirth ed before um, your son was born? No. Like during that pregnancy? Mm-mm. We decided we were like, you know what? We still remember all the things from the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need like a refresher course. If I was going to do anything, I think, you know, but it was super hard because that was like my pregnancy. We found out I was pregnant and made our announcement like a week before the world shut down. So all of my stuff was like right in the middle. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, classes are really hard to do right now. But if I had chosen Mm -hmm. one, I think I would have done like a big sister, like a, like Mm -hmm. an older sibling class. Yeah. Just to like have some more information and help my daughter have more tools of welcoming a baby into the family. I think those are super important for people that are having uh, multiple children after their first. Yeah. How was that transition for you all, for you and for Sadie Mm -hmm. to bring home baby? Well, um, I mean, she was excited for the baby. She was Mm -hmm. not excited to have a brother but (laughs) like the brother part or the fact that the baby was coming home to stay just the brother part she was apparently really hoping for a sister and I'm like all of her friends have little sisters so she thought that that's what big sisters must have is a little sister so she legit sobbed for like five minutes when we told her (laughs) and then later having like we were having like a gender fluid conversation with her we're like hey you know what some people decide they want to be girls. Sometimes they decide they want to be boys. Sometimes they decide they don't want to be anything. And then sometimes they decide to be transgender and decide that they want to switch to something else. So I'm like, so one day, if you decide you want to be a boy, we will still love you and we will support you. And one day, if your brother decides he wants to be a girl and we don't even get the sentence out of our mouths before she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I could still have a sister. <laughs> And we were like, wow, not what we wanted you to take away from this conversation, but I see you're still holding on to this. Yes. <laughs> this hope. <laughs> so funny. I guess my last thought is that I just want everyone to know that no matter what kind of birth you're having, like hospital, you know, home, birth center, whatever, like you are in completely in control and knowing your, you know, birth plans change, but the decisions that you made to get to that birth plan, that doesn't change. And how Mm. in control you are doesn't change. Oh, I love that. What a good message to end on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If people wanted to check out your beautiful photography, where would they, could they find you? Oh, um, at Meg Ross photography, uh, on Instagram is where I post all of my latest portfolio and uh, that's got links to my website and everything on there. Um, and, anything that like I'm supporting in the moment, like Black Mamas Matter Alliance and all that other stuff. But Instagram's the best place to see my photos currently. Awesome. Well, everyone go, go check those out because they really are so beautiful. So, so beautiful. (laughs) Meg, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate you. Thank you.